Welcome to Growing Home, the podcast that helps you take care of the place that means the most to you, your home. I'm your host, Terry Therian, alongside your co-host, Len Giddix. Pioneering the marriage of institutional medicine and holistic therapies. That was the story we discovered when we interviewed Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein from the Earth Animal Company. Len, after our preparation and then going into the interview, what was your takeaway or did anything surprise you as you heard the story of their business? The story of how Earth Animal developed. It had the holistic approach versus the scientific approach. You had two people who liked each other but had professionally different backgrounds. Melbing those together and working together through an incredible amount of uphill battles to develop a product that is revolutionary. They were working as a household in parallel to one another. Yeah. And then as those merged over time comes a pretty impactful company and then effect on not only just pet medicine, but the pet industry overall. Yeah. It's really amazing to see that through that process, they're developing products and treatments and, and even services as some of them, even as byproducts have led to a very successful business. Right. That wasn't the goal. It was a mission to find solutions to things and find better ways or different approaches. Their main philosophy is to do no harm. Okay. That's our MDs. Supposedly every doctor takes that oath to do no harm. It was really ingrained in their philosophy here. They wanted to change the flea and tick colors. They didn't believe that what was going on was the correct way. So they developed something else and that developed into something else again. And now they've got a hundred products out there that they believe will do no harm. And it's from the heart. It's not just a business. It's, it's not just a, a line. It's from the heart. And even when you talk about, they mentioned at some point, some of the, the bigger, what you would consider business success or, or market success that they had, mm. it was an appreciation for it. Yeah. But it was all about to further enable the mission. Right. And yeah. I, I think that their center focus on that, their commitment to that, the other commitments they made in the company, I think that's the only way you can accomplish all that they have. Yeah. Well, you know what? I want to get to the podcast because our audience is going to love this story. Yeah, it's a great story. These two individuals are super impressive and, and inspirational. And even as and modest, too. Super modest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were very gracious to have us down there and, and let us visit for a little bit. But even as we were preparing to go into the interview, I had mentioned to someone else in the industry of, you know, hey, we're going to interview Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein. And the reaction was, wow, as far as pet medicine and pet products, it really doesn't get much bigger than those two. This is a great interview, and we're happy to share it with all of you. Mm -hmm. So tune in to our interview with Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein. Susan, if you can kind of take us through, in 1979, you founded the first Earth Animal store. Before we get into the store itself, like what inspired you to create the store or feel that it was a, an endeavor worthwhile? Uh, we had a personal experience with our dog, Lee. We had adopted him from Guiding Eyes from the Blind. Lee was rejected at 11 months old due to hip dysplasia. The people at Guiding Eyes for the Blind felt that he would eventually become so arthritic that he would not be a worthwhile investment for them. 
Uh, we were young veterinary family, got a call one day, hey, we've got a great dog for you. Would you like to adopt him? We were in surgery at the time. Right after surgery, we went over to Guiding Eyes for the Blind, picked him up, and he was amazing. He had gone through 11 months of training and was absolutely a magnificent creature. Problem is that he crippled up at age seven from arthritis and all the conventional veterinary medicine that we, that we knew of wasn't taking care of his joints or his intense pain. It was at that time that I was working for a foundation for alternative cancer therapies in New York for humans. And, um, the, and we were using nutrition as one of the modalities and a light bulb went on for me and I came home one day and said to my husband, you know, what if we used one of the cancer diets that I'm working with for people uh, on Lee? And he said, honey, it can't hurt. And so we put together a diet for Lee consisting of home-cooked meals, vitamins, minerals, juices, pure water, and he lived to be another 10 years. He died at age 17, and he truly is the founder of Earth Animal. And that was very a very inspirational experience for Bob and I, and that led to our company today. And then that store you originally opened was right next door to Dr. Bob's veterinary clinic. Yeah. Right? And, and at the time, that was called the Healing Center for Animals? Uh, no. At that point, it was uh, Smith Ridge Veterinary Center. Uh-huh. That was my original practice. Um, and then um, uh, the store opened up next to that. And then uh, a number of years later, uh, we opened up uh, the uh, Healing Center for Animals was actually not opened until the mid-90s. If I can interject. Yeah. So you were really pioneers in this holistic approach to veterinary care. I'm getting that. Yes, yes. Uh, that's the P word. <laughs> Correct. We were the pioneers. <laughs> really? It had it had its ups and downs, and it was a it was a challenging walk and a lonely walk at times. But yes, we are the pioneers in this in this movement in our industry. So when you were putting together the product set for that first store, like what were you focused on, or was it your own products at the time? Well, actually. I decided I wanted to open up a true health food store for animals, thought it was a good idea. But when it came time to finding products, there weren't any products to put on the shelves. So it forced us into making our own products. And our first store was really just raw ingredients in jars. There was something else that happened to us that made us very clear that we wanted to do this work. And that was that in our veterinary practice, we were seeing younger animals with liver and kidney disease. And we we just couldn't figure it out. And at that point, it was strictly a conventional veterinary practice. And we noticed at one point that they were the one thing these animals had in common is that they were all wearing nerve gas derived flea and tick collars. And nerve gas is sadly enough what we used to kill humans with at wartime. And Bob and I made that deduction that these insecticides and pesticides were causing harm. So we created the first natural or organic approach, and that was very, very uh, homegrown, very handmade. If you came into my store, I had a yardstick, I had a stove, I had the fresh herbs, I had a pot of wax. I would measure the dog's neck and dip dip the rope into the the pot of herbs and wax, and voila, a flea collar. Today, we have our our flea collars. And they're, they're a little more sophisticated. The <laughs> earth animal flea color is a lot more sophisticated than that was. Back in the 70s, you just didn't go down to the co-op and buy this stuff. You had to buy it in the bulk and grow it yourself and, and, and 
concocted yourself. Really. Exactly. Those were the days. Yeah, they were. And if that. only we could return to them. <laughs> well, some of us, you know, I had to, I had to review that with, with Terry because he wasn't born then. So mm-hmm. this yeah. is, this is the experience that we had. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. Often Len picking on me, you know, in my <laughs> that's what I'm lack of wisdom for what, that's what, what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what I thought was like really interesting and you guys, you know, using the term pioneer, I mean, that's, that's a, real application for what you guys did because in 1979 whole foods wasn't started by john Mackey down in austin texas until 1980 and so i imagine at the time there wasn't like a huge craze for health food stores and even like top of mind like it is more so today right they were very esoteric health food stores were very very unique and different but certainly, no, John Mackey came a year after that. It's no affiliation with our, our Mackeys, but yeah. <laughs> uh, just a, a cool coincidence, I guess. So when you were starting that, like when you went and told your friends that you were starting this natural health food store for pets or, or even other people in, in the industry, what kind of feedback were you getting? Most of our friends are veterinarians, and they thought we had just lost it. Like, you guys are off the wall, and a couple friends supported us, but we did we did put up with a great deal of flack at the time. But that's traditional when you're going against the tides. We we understood that. Mm-hmm. Was any of this taught, Doc, in vet, veterinary school? This no, not approach? not at all. Uh, you know, at that time there really was nothing, and so uh, when we did our original training, we had to go to human locations where human holistically oriented doctors were giving lectures. And that's where we initially got exposed to this. And then we did our own research, but it was clinical research. So, you know, I would ask my, my clients to say, listen, you know, the animal is, uh, has arthritis. It's on this medication. We're beginning to see side effects. Would you like to try something else? And unanimously, Everybody said yes, and then we'd try to, you know, use natural remedies, either homeopathics or herbals, and see if we got results. And we did that over a 20-year period and really collected a lot of data on really, really what works, and really that is the basis for the products that are in Earth Animal. Even with human medicine, we're just starting to realize over the last, what, 10, 15 years that this stuff, gosh, it really works, and uh, it's been around for thousands of years, and where did it all come from? Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, it has been. Yeah. It has been, yeah. You know, when we, you know, as an example, I mean, a good example would be flea products. You know, at early in, in the existence of our practice, you know, we were having a difficult time using the animal's body as a delivery system for a poison to kill a flea. That just didn't sit right with us. Isn't that still prevalent? It is still prevalent, yeah. but there's a, a whole movement in prevention. Right. And and our products are prevention-oriented, meaning that if you can get the animals strong enough to be immune to or or repel fleas and ticks, you don't have to treat them. Right. So that's the movement that we're involved in. So Earth Animal as a company is always looking for another way. And, you know, anything that does no harm to the animal, we are we're in there and trying to produce products that give the the person another way of doing it. Veterinarians take an oath. A cause no harm oath. And we do honor that. With your products and yes. in the store. And our philosophy. Yeah. You know, right. I think I think that chemicals, insecticides, pesticides, and drugs which cause harm are morally they're just not ethical. Mm-hmm. I'm an organic gardener. I'm following you. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, when we would do the gardening. As is Dr. Episode, Bob. Yeah. 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 Our gardening yeah. episodes, we never bring up any 
a synthetic yeah. pesticides uh, trying to talk him out of it. No, no. You know, even in those early days when you're starting in the store, and now that you've got the store open, despite what some of your colleagues were saying, you know, what was the reception from the consumer at the time? Was it did they gravitate to the store right away? Did it? Well, first of all, our veterinary clients were amazing. Mm-hmm. Not one said no. Not one said you know sorry, I'm taking my animal out of here. Everyone was intrigued and everyone understood that we were trying to do something that that would be good for the animal. So we had unconditional support from our veterinary clients. And there were hundreds of them over the years that just said, sure, why not? Anything we can do to help, Doc. You know, we attract a certain type of customer, have have for always. A like attracts like. We all think the same way, uh, feel the same way about things. So I think we've been very well received by consumers. I think the Whole Foods has helped a lot. We're, you know, we, we've grown a lot since the early days. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Whole Foods shopper is an earth animal shopper. Yeah. You know, I really like that saying you had, or like, a, like attracts like. Mm-hmm. Do that, you know, in some of the tougher times, is that something that you were aware of at the time or kind of a lesson you learned as you went along? A lesson you learn yeah. as you go along. Yeah. You get mentors along the way when you're a pioneer. Uh-huh. And we we were blessed with with several. Are there any in particular that really stood out and helped you guys along? Oh yes, yes. There was one, uh, Doctor Lawrence Burton. He was uh, a, a doctor, a zoologist, and an, yeah, immu- yeah, and an immunologist yeah. who was doing this work for humans. And he was under so much political pressure in the United States that he had to leave the country and set up in the Bahamas. And consequently, Dr. Bob and I spent five years off and on in the Bahamas learning immunology. And that was just a small part of uh, the medical approach that we took. Wow. If I can ask a question, is there, uh, and I'm in in the medical human medicine, there's this uh, lobby that uh, supports, you know, Regular treatments, the, the the synthetic treatments. Is there the same lobby at the veterinary level? Exactly the same. Is it actually the same? You know, the the American Medical Association is the center for people. The American Veterinary Medical Association is a similar body for veterinarians. And you have pharmaceutical industry and drug, uh, you know, medication manufacturers. Right. It's identical to what happens in the medical. So side. it's 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 pretty much uphill for the holistic approach to this. You're up against this giant that's been around for a while. Yeah, I think and making that the, some money at it too. Yeah, 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 and I think that the the approach that we took, you know, I mean, we it took many many years, yeah. but the approach that we took was that instead of going head to head and having holistic on one side and medical on the other side, the approach we took was what's called integrative veterinary medicine, meaning that an integrative veterinarian looks at the patient, decides what's best for that animal, be it medical, be it holistic, or a combination of both. And so that integrative approach is the approach that we support. And I think that that sort of brings together instead of separating into two, uh, you know, two opposing bodies or thought, you know, knowledge. In essence, it's empowering pet parents with choices. And I think that's really the way Bob and I uh, approach it. Uh, As an example, if you have an animal that has been newly diagnosed with cancer, the recommendation that we would give is take a step back, take a deep breath, you have choices. 
And I think that's very empowering. And so we approach it with, with education. And then you, you do a lot of hand-holding. We certainly are a perfect uh, couple, personally, because you have the science and the training on your side, and you have the passion and the the holistic approach on this side, and you just merged very well together. <laughs> yeah. Was it what, like, and then what you saw coming in the store, and like, and the holistic approach, and having those customers transition in between the veterinary clinic and the store, did that influence anything that was going on in the veterinary clinic, and how your 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 process or the order of recommendation that you were having when uh, clients were coming in? Well, it certainly, yeah, they were basically the same. Initially, it was the same person. Mm -hmm. The person that was looking for holistic veterinary care was also the person who was looking for natural foods and supplements and remedies. So they were the same person. You know, what happened in my experience is that I became more of a consult on the veterinary side as Earth Animal was taking off. And more and more people were looking for the holistic approach or products for the holistic approach. My practice became more of a consulting practice. So I actually became more like a specialist in cancer. So they would call me in and I would work with that person's veterinarian to integrate natural therapies. And the person would have a choice to, let's say, do chemotherapy by itself, choice one. Choice number two would be to do the holistic approach by itself. And choice number three would be the combination of both. And I was in a position to guide that person on how to integrate the natural approach into the treatment of that animal, unfortunately, mostly with animals with cancer. Wow. So even like amongst the veterinary community, you become a resource for an approach to healing and curative solutions like amongst other veterinarians absolutely you're definitely an influencer in like how people were adapting this methodology and this thought and where how did you find people coming to you was it things they had read and it clicked or was it hey you know what we've tried everything we've can it's not working what happened was we became the senior editors of a newsletter for Phillips Publishing Company. It was called Love of Animals. Okay. And we had over 35,000 subscribers through the newsletter. And we wrote a, a letter every month, six pages, and we talked a lot about these issues. And people began to follow us. And as they were up against the wall with cancer and other degenerating diseases, they would connect us up, connect with us. In 1995, there were so many people trying to track us down that we saw the need to establish Healing Center for Animals, which became, a, at that point, a telephone consultation national service. And that's really how it started. Yeah. Wow. Also in there, I saw like a level of influence that there was also the textbook which kind of had this, it was titled um, Integrating Complementary Medicine into Veterinary Practice. Yeah. The way that evolved basically says it all. You know, what I saw was the in the veterinary field, there were two camps and they were going further and further apart. You had the conventional veterinarians who said, this stuff is hocus pocus. And you have the, vet, the holistic or the integrative veterinarians to say, listen, there's really something here, but we just don't have the clinical proof. And what was happening in the veterinary field is that they were moving further and further apart. So I approached Blackwell. It was Wiley Blackwell, who's the veterinary publisher. And I said, you know, let's do a book 
on integrative veterinary medicine, trying to bring both sides together so they can really take the benefit of both the medical approach and the integrative approach. And they said, great, great idea. And so I assembled a group of seven veterinarians, and each one had their own specialty, be it herbal medicine, Western herbal medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathics. I did the, all the chapters on nutrition, and we brought them together and wrote the textbook as a guideline for veterinarians to become integrative in their approach. That's the way it happened. And, you know, I, I thought it was really great. I just stumbled upon a quote from one of your authors or co-authors on that book, um, Richard Palmquist. Uh, he says, before I knew about integrative medicine, it was easy to tell someone that nothing else could be done. I now realize how very little we know about physical and mental healing at all. Right. And I thought that was for a veterinarian professional to have that revelation yeah. um, and be you know, a co-author on that was pretty great. Yeah, he's fabulous. Yeah, he's been <laughs> he was one of the big the skeptics way back in the beginning, and he came to our practice and said, Whatever you guys are doing here. It's incredible. I have to do it. And he's totally transformed. And now he's one of the most well-known holistic practitioners in the veterinary field. Is this is holistic veterinary medicine taught now in any schools? Or? It is. Well, there was at last year, there were four schools that were actually treat, uh, teaching it. And it's not called, I think it's called integrative, veterinary, sure, yes. integrative veterinary medicine. So offering more courses on either acupuncture or homeopathy, uh, this to let the students know that that exists is becoming definitely more popular. There's still a rip. I mean, it's not, you know, it's still conventional medicine is what's called evidence-based, and they need clinical proof. And now there's beginning to become more and more clinical proof in the holistic area, which is really helping. It's always been my dream, particularly for Dr. Bob, that that we go back to University of Pennsylvania School of Veterinary Medicine and that he teach this. Well, that was my next question. When, <laughs> That's when, a dream. When is the school open? <laughs> I'm, originally, I'm originally from Philadelphia, and I wouldn't mind going home. But I I do think that he's, he's a professor, and it would be just a lovely thing for us to do as a last hurrah in life. You guys are both natural educators, and it, it just mm. kind of poured out, and the store seems to be that was your your medium for sharing the message as well as the clinic. And then the clinic even turned into more of a, a, uh, a sharing format as it evolved into the healing center. But to actually get back to some of the products you guys were developing. So we had the natural rope flea and tick collar. And then what earth animal products, you know, because it's the earth animal products we know in prevalence today. What were some of the early products you guys had? And then kind of take us through the evolution of how it kept going. Based upon that flea collar, we first developed the entire line of flea prevention product, flea and tick prevention product. So we came up with what we call the internal powders. So there's an herbal internal powder and a yeast-based internal powder. And the theory is that if you give these natural remedies, uh, uh, food-derived remedies or herbal remedies to the animal... What happens is, one, they become healthier, their immune system becomes stronger, and they can basically more naturally repel fleas and ticks. And then the other part of it is that it, it changes the body chemistry, so there's an odor that fleas and ticks just do not like anymore. So basically, that was our first product line. The second one, and, and really was as I got into the food business, you know, I realized that the pet food industry was using 
all the byproducts you can find that was just terrible stuff. And then they were cooking it at very high temperature. And what what's happened when you cook a food is the vitamins and minerals in it get destroyed. And so basically you'll have a food that's a complete and balanced food, but it's devoid in the natural things that animals need. So the second product line that we created was what's called the Daily Health Nugget. And basically it's what's called the natural fortification. So you cook the food, either a kibble or a canned food. The Daily Health Nuggets would have all the vitamins and minerals in it, and then you would add that to the food. And you're basically putting back in the vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients and antioxidants that the animal really needs to maintain health. So that was our second product line. And now we have probably almost 200 products in, in, in all the lines that we're dealing with. Yes, your dog or cat should have a salad every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how much garlic was in that first flea? Well, uh, we, yeah, we make enough. We put enough garlic in it to get the effect, but certainly not high enough to cause the animal to have side effects from the garlic. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, there are you know, veterinary studies that show at very high levels of garlic, and garlic can have some adverse effects on the body like anemia. And so we use a safe level, but we get the benefit of the garlic for the animal, along with other synergistic product, you know, herbs and other natural ingredients right. that really help the body in the repelling process. I've never reached the maximum of my garlic intake yet. Right, right. It's sometimes difficult. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's sort of an uphill battle because the veterinary field is against garlic for a clinical study that is so far out of reality, uh-huh. but that's what most veterinarians base it upon, that garlic is a dangerous uh, ingredient when it's not. It's a very, very potent uh, natural ingredient that really helps healing if used at a safe level, right. and that's the way we do it. In 1995, the Healing Center opens. You guys have the store going, and I think multiple stores at this point, mm-hmm. and as you get into 2005, you release the book on the subject of what your products are kind of geared towards, uh, the Goldstein's Wellness and Longevity Program. Uh, which is the natural care for dog and cats. I mean, you had the newsletter going, you had the story, you had all these formats to get the word out. What kind of drove the inspiration or the the effort to get the book out? Friends in the industry, yeah. actually. Yeah. And yeah. We, uh, we, we just, there was a pressure placed upon us to to do this in an organized way and to produce a book. And so yeah. we were we were actually happy to do that. Yeah. It was basically all our newsletters over the years condensed into a manual for a person. Somebody who said, I want to know about the holistic. Here is this disease. This is what I do. So it was sort of a guideline for that person. But it was coming from the requests of our subscribers. Everybody wanted that book. Yeah, and it's almost like it's like the textbook for the consumer, right. the uh, the pet owner, the pet guardian, as you guys referred yeah. uh, to him as. Yeah. Um, so after the book goes out, was there did that extend the reach, or was there any feedback that now all formalized and a bound book did? Did you get any feedback from that that surprised you, or just kind of reaffirm what you've been seeing? Yes, we yeah. we did we. We received a very high honor for that book. It, it was a big surprise. Right. We we got an honor through the industry, and it was the best dog health book of the of, year of, of two thousand five. Of two thousand five, yeah. and that was promoted, and we we just got lots and lots and lots of support. Right. Yeah, and basically, what happened is that based upon the book and the knowledge that the book gave to the people, the newsletter people began to say, you know, I have the book now, and you know, so the newsletter began to decrease. 
but our exposure based upon the book was just was just being expanding beyond what we could keep up with. What I thought was really great in the first chapter there, you actually, it's like the largest section of the book is all on diet mm-hmm. and evaluating the diet, preparing the diet. What I thought was really cool was how you guys even had to the point of any, any food on the market, you had an evaluation system to go in and as best you could objectively evaluate the food. And then you had kind of like the program that said, hey, this is, but no matter what food you're on, this is what you can do to take it to a series of degrees uh, with your recommendation. Right. That's, that's uh, the way. I don't know if you have it. a better way to summarize that. Yeah. No, that, no, that is it. Okay. You know, that was it. And, and, and the pet industry and the pet food industry has come light years ahead from 19, from 2005. You know, when that book was written, basically there was none, none of these foods, you know, the better foods, the organic foods, the less cooked foods, the frozen foods, there was none of those foods available. It was basically kibble and can. And so that was the first step. And now the industry has really gotten, it's been incredible, the growth that has gone in the proper direction. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like you guys definitely had a hand in, in guiding and directing along the way. A little bit. <laughs> a product that really took off was actually a treat being the no hide in 2014. <laughs> so how did you guys go in that direction and what what sparked that idea? Well, I you know, I, I Susan will definitely give you her opinion about what about no hide, but you know, basically the 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 approach that Earth Animal was taking was looking for another way. So in every category that we would go into, we were looking for an alternative way. And and the rawhide industry was very problematic for us. There were many animals that were uh, were getting blockages from rawhide, and I knew that there were many preservatives and and unnatural ingredients in those products that I knew were not good for the dog. So what we decided to do was to go out and try to find a rawhide like a chew that gave the animal a long-lasting pleasure, but didn't have any of the negative side effects of rawhide. And we did. And that was what no hide was. And, you know, uh, Susan and I are not business people. We're not, we don't have MBAs or anything like that. And raw, no hide came out and it zoomed. I mean, it was like, like nothing I've ever seen. You know, the sales just skyrocketed in every direction. And no hide now becomes the number one seller for Earth Animal. We're happy about that because it is another way. It's a safer way than using rawhide. But Susan and I are in the healing business and, and vitamins and minerals and diet. And, you know, no hide is, I'll let Susan say what no hide is. No, no hide has been a facilitator for our healing work. It, 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 it created brand awareness. And so I'm, I'm grateful to it. It's just another rung on the healing belt. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much more to be done and not just product wise, but from an awareness perspective, there's a great deal of education that needs to get out there to empower pet parents so that they can meet the objectives that every family seems to have. And that's, you know, increase longevity and quality of life. That's what we all want. Yeah. Well, Susan, we all need an ice cream sundae from now on. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. 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 We Absolutely. agree. We agree. Absolutely. I can definitely speak from personal experience. I have a three-year-old French bulldog who decides to eat and swallow everything he could, when he was, especially when he was a puppy. He's a little bit more, we'll call him moderate now. Right. But the no-hide, it was, you know, there's always this threat. Of, we were always worried about what he yeah. would get into. Yeah. He spent 
night at the vet clinic because he had gotten to the trash and got some corn cob. Yeah. Mm. And uh, and just on a hunch, we called and, and they said, you know, that could be very yeah. severe. Like that and carpet are the two most frequent reasons a dog has a blockage and yeah. Yeah. would need surgery. So the no hide was our safe go-to mm-hmm. and it took away that threat that we could trust what he was having. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we, we followed the directions to make sure we we're using it right. And actually, he was in the office the other day and I'd get, I gave him, he gets the big one. Right. Now, even though he's only like 20-something pounds. Right. And I uh, chewed on it for an hour. And then he slept for an hour. And then chewed on it for an yeah. hour. Which is good. So it, it's just an awesome product. Right. But I guess you can put it in the category of prevention. Right. Right? Absolutely. And that's exactly the way we classify it. it. But it's not, you know, our thing is better nutrition, you know, vitamins, you know, CBD, anything that can help the daily health of the animal. In a natural way, right? In a natural way. Yeah. Another way. So we have the no high that is just taken off and still like our customers and, and their, their pets love it. Are any new things on the horizon? You mentioned the CBD products. Yeah. Well, the CBD products are out there and they are, in our opinion, the next level for not only for the pet uh, industry, but for the veterinary industry because CBD as a compound and the hemp plant with the numerous compounds that it has really it has medicinal qualities that really are very close to medication without having the side effects. So we did a year's worth of research on our CBD products. And, and over-the-counter in pet stores, CBD, if it's done right, and we have done it right with natural products, they're organically sourced in the best quality that you can get in, in, in causing the nervous system to relax and to reduce pain and inflammation. So we, our CBD products are, are just incredible in that area as far as prevention. As veterinarians, we understand that giving tablets or capsules or anything to a dog, especially small dogs and cats, can be very difficult. So we created unique ways of giving CBD. So one of our bestseller is what's called a transdermal pen, mm-hmm. and it has... It's a gel that is put on the inside of the ear, which is absorbed in the body through a technology we call uptake, which really opens up the pores of the skin so the CBD goes right in without and bypasses the GI tract. And the result is incredible for the animal. The, the calming effect and the reduction of pain is absolutely incredible. So we have another way of delivering it, and we have the best CBD products that you can get. The second category that we're in, we're finally, after numerous years, are are introducing our pet food. It's called Dr. Bob's Wisdom, which is an air-dried food that is totally natural, uh, humanely raised protein sources, everything from the United States, minimally cooked, and has all the beneficial nutrients, enzymes, vitamins, antioxidants, and phytonutrients that the animal needs. So we're very excited about that, and the Wisdom Food will be out in January of uh, 2020. You know, I'm looking at the picture on the sample bag over here, Doc, and I'm wondering, I mean, it looks great. Can you make one? A, a, a concoction of formula for me? Well, yeah, it's like a trail mix. So basically, oh, oh, all right. Yeah, so trail mix is already out there, and that's for you. And this basically is like a trail mix. Uh, you can see the individual pieces of yes. protein. You can see the fruits and the vegetables. Color. And, and, the, and the cubes in there, they actually contain the vitamins and minerals. So we're very excited about that. Looks good. Right, it is good. And then the last thing, and I just don't want to leave anything out. You know, we are firm believer in um, we're against factory farming as a company. 
Earth Animal is a company is just not in favor of slaughtering so many animals, especially in factory farm environment. And so we have made the, the next step is to only use humanely raised uh, protein sources. The research that I am doing right now is in the plant-based area to see if we can create a dog and cat food that doesn't require a slaughtered animal in it. Just like Impossible Burger for People or Beyond Burger for People, we are working on a plant-based food for dogs and cats that meet the nutritional needs but does not require an animal to be used in it. So that's a very exciting project that Earth Animal is doing the research on right now. The pet industry occupies approximately, and it changes every day, 30% of the carbon imprint. So the impact on raising cattle, as an example. And chickens. And chickens. And chickens. Yeah. Uh, on the environment is huge. We are what you would call reducitarian couple and company. We are in what's called transition mode. And the transition is that we are, our CEO is dedicated publicly to reducing the amount of protein that we use in our products. From animals. From animals. Yeah, from animals. Yeah. So that's, that's one of our goals. For us, that's really exciting. That's very exciting for us. We all need to be moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. All of us, individually mm-hmm. and collectively. So that's what's new with Earth Animal. Yes, have a lot going on. And <laughs> you've accomplished so much. I mean, I think looking back on your impactful careers, what do you think enabled all of your success? I mean, it's medicinal, it's an entrepreneurial. I mean, you guys really impacted, you know, not only the people you've worked with directly, but also influenced an industry as a whole. Like what, if you were to give someone advice um, that was early on in their career, you know, starting in, in whatever field, what, you know, what would you tell them? Well, certainly I would tell them to stick with it, no matter how bad it looks. Obviously, we've had ups and downs from the beginning when we first went into the holistic area. And you just have to go with the flow and keep on going to your dream. Obviously, Susan's vision has been incredible for Earth Animal. I'm sort of sort of the follower and able to create the products that match that. But my advice would be, and I'm sure Susan will tell you more, is stay with it. As good as the ups and downs are, just stay with it and eventually go for your goal and stay on purpose. Well, I, I think that each each one of us has a purpose, and I think you have to find it and support it and do whatever it takes. A, a life of purpose or a company with purpose is is really what it's all about. They'll carry me out of here. You know, I'm never, ever, ever going to quit this work, and that's because it nurtures me spiritually, and that's what makes it fun. That's what you know. That's what you get up and you get up in the morning and say, "Wow, yeah, one more day," and and I just think it it just lightens you up. So that's what I think it's all about. But I do think we were inspired by great loves. We've we've been blessed with some enormous relationships with animals. And I have viewed animals. I've taken them very seriously. I have had very big transformational experiences with some of the animals that, that have lived with us and shared our lives. If you open up to an animal, if you are receptive to that animal's body, mind, and soul, you have a lot to learn. And you know what's comforting, uh, Susan, is that you know, even though we got a lot of guff, we had it right in the 70s. Simple, natural, 
Do Absolutely. it right, and, and and it's going to flow for you, man. The life is going to be a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. We, we agree. We, we agree. I don't. I don't use cell phones, yeah. and I don't use computers. <laughs> we'll end Ooh. on that one. And you're still that productive. Well, you guys, they, everyone here at Earth Animal puts up with me. <laughs> well, you guys are definitely inspirational to all of us. So thank you guys for all you've done, and, and thank you for the time today. Oh, it's thank you pleasure. so very much. Thank you. It was thank a pleasure. pleasure. Thank you all for listening. For notes from this episode, visit the podcast section of our website at mackeysgrows.com. Also, we'd love to hear your topic ideas or questions, so drop us a line through our website's contact page. If you found the information in this podcast useful or simply just enjoyed our chat, we'd truly appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review on your preferred listening app. It helps share our show with others and lets us know to keep working hard. Thanks again, and remember, where that is and what you love, that's home. Mackie's, where the home grows.